just random questions that uh, we will get answers to at the end. If I don't forget, please remind me if I do forget. I'm glad that you're here. I'm thankful to see that there are people that care about electronics and what they mean and, and how to use them and, and so on. And I venture to guess that we won't answer questions in this class so much as make you think about what, how you use electronics and why. We have a verse in the Bible that says, Be still and know that I am what? God. Be still and know that I am God. We also have in Acts about the men of Athens, how they, all they lived for basically it seems like was to learn something new and they just constantly were exchanging information. 2 Timothy 3 verse 17 says... Second Timothy 3, I'll read 16 and 17. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And this is the part that I wanted, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And then Ephesians 2, verse 10, says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. The Bible does not use the word electronics, but the Bible talks about concepts that apply to electronics. Okay, so a little bit from you. Can you t give me ten things that we use in our everyday life that you would put in the electronics category? What are some things we use? Phones. Phones. Computers. Computers. Stereo. Stereo. Lights. Lights. I guess. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Calculators, tablets, tablets. Well, six things is enough. Printers, okay. Watches, yes. Thank you. Um, this title of the workshop says electronics friend or enemy. So that leaves us two options, right? Friend or enemy. How many of you are comfortable putting electronics? into only one of those two categories? Probably not. I think we all understand that electronics, depending how they're used, can be our friend, depending how they're used, can be our enemy. So, just to put that into practical terms, let's talk a little bit first about, well, could two of you complete this statement for me? Electronics are our friend if could we have two endings to that sentence? Does anybody have a thought on that? Electronics are our friend if if they are used for God's glory. Thank you. Another one. If we use it rather than it using us. Very good. I like that one. Both of them. Okay. What about the other side of the coin? What are two ways we could complete this statement? Electronics are our enemy if it becomes a time waster. What else? It tears us down. Thank you. We will come back to those a little bit later and talk more about those. And I want to just say here at the beginning that we must not ignore this subject. 
it's very, very important that we're um, settled in how we use our electronics. The Bible is clear that we have been made watchmen to the people that don't know Christ. Jesus said, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And we all have ears and we all can hear. And we must listen up to what's going on. And so think about you as a teacher and the fact that you just might be the watchman that God gave to your students to help them discern this thing of electronics. Scary? Terrifying? Absolutely. That's an extreme responsibility. But we praise God for His power. And it's just so important that we daily ask Him for direction in this area. Daily. And we, we all believe that God will give us the dose that we need for that day. But you know as well as I do that in the day-to-day pressures, it does not always feel that way. I read a story about a man, an old man, that heard about airplanes being invented. And he could not wrap his mind around this thing that, they, that men could fly through the air. One day he was in his house and his children heard an airplane coming. And so they quickly took him outside and like, Look, Dad, there's an airplane. Or look, Grandpa, there's an airplane. No, I didn't say it was his children. So look, Dad, there's an airplane. And he looks at the airplane and watches it fly across and turns around, shakes his head, and walks back in the house. Still didn't believe it. (laughs) We cannot be that way about electronics. We have to sit up and take notice with what's going on. Go ahead. Why were they invented? Why were what invented? Electronics? Yes, back in the 50s. Like entering the TVs in the Americans' home, late 50s. The American family stood around, the classical American family mm-hmm. stood around the TV. It was like almost like uh, a fashion. Mm-hmm. But the question is, why were they invented? Do you have an answer? Or are you asking that? I'm think I'm thinking about an answer, but I okay. I I'll, I just want to open up. With yes. Okay. Yes, we'll we'll keep that question. We'll talk about that. So the question is, why were electronics invented in the first place? So be thinking about that as we keep on going here. Just clarification: Are you talking specifically television? No, oh, because the television was like the ancestor, no? <laughs> radio, no, the radio. Let's say the radio first, right? Radio, yeah. Television. You have the first movies in the, the early 1900s, but didn't get the, the bottleneck of the, the average American, average man. But it happened with uh, radio in their homes in the Second World War, and then with the TV, and then, it, you know, it's ongoing. Right. Okay. Thank you for that. Several goals that I have is that we would be able to leave here with a clearer picture of some strengths and some weaknesses in electronics, that you would have some resources to help your students in discerning some things here and how they can be prudent, and that you would be able to feel uh, that you know how to use electronics in the classroom responsibly and wisely. So we're going to talk first about the strengths and the dangers. We've talked about this already a little bit. A couple of you shared 
ways that electronics can be our friend. A couple of you shared ways that electronics can be our enemies. Listen to these verses from Revelation. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles, and are not, and hast found them liars, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. These people had a habit, it appears, of testing the things that came to them to see whether they were authentic or not. And Jesus commends them in that. They had tried, how did it say it there? They had tried those who said they were apostles, I think it said, or something like that. And, and Jesus commended them for that. But somewhere, they lost their first love. Jesus also gives them a condemnation there. So just think about how that relates to electronics and how we use them. In Acts 17, it talks about the Bereans. Does anybody know what the Bereans were known for in that particular part of Acts? What does Paul commend them for? For checking out the whole. Yes. They heard something. They searched the scriptures to see if those things were so. That must be our approach when we come up against any question when it comes to electronics. One thing that came to me when I was thinking about this subject is that for every strength that we find in electronics, there is likely an accompanying weakness. And so you might think about that as two ditches or however, whatever, whatever concept makes the most sense to you. What were the two strengths that we heard so far? Electronics are our friend if, somebody said, if they bring glory to God. And what was the other one? If they, if we use it rather than it using us. Yes. What are some more? I have some written down, but I want to hear from you first. Electronics are our friend if. I wouldn't say friend. Okay. You take it more too personal. <laughs> you have to be a tool. Right. Not a friend. Okay. Because a friend can impact you to a certain degree at a certain moment of time. Right. A tool not. A tool you always, always right. use. Choose to leave it there on the shelf or to take it. Okay. While a friend, unavoidably, you know, for a while, gets an impact on your life. Yeah. So, I think this is one of the basic mistakes. Okay. We take the thing with the electronics to personal. They are not humans. Right. They impact our lives if right. we don't take care. They right. are tools. They are. They they have to be treated like any other tool, mm -hmm. like the hammer. You know. Enemy, well, the same. Yeah. Enemy is Satan. Yeah. They are tools in Satan's hands. Yeah. 
This is what I say because right. I'm more technical, probably mm -hmm. a little bit when it comes. Yeah. To they are just objects, mm -hmm. but non-neutral. Right. Okay. Good. Thank you. How else could we complete that statement? <coughs> blesses those that we're with it can be a strength if it takes us away from them it's a weakness that's good more so somebody was saying I forget if it was Howard or somebody else who was talking about pictures being worth more than words mm -hmm. and uh, so can we say that if if you, if you use electronics I'm th thinking specifically in the classroom mm -hmm. using say a projector to show a slideshow with your science class or geography class or something like mm -hmm. that. Can you say that they're our friend if they help us in lesson planning, or is that is there a ditch we can fall in? <coughs> you heard the question. Is there a ditch we fall in? <coughs> can we say that they're our, our friend, or are they can they're used as an appropriate tool if they help us plan lessons? So you're saying that's a strength? I'm just, yeah, I don't know that there's point to that. Right. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I have an objection to the statement. Good. <laughs> because actually I don't agree that was on one of my challenges in the last years. I don't agree with the statement that uh, a word, no, how, many, how many pictures? The saying is a picture is worth a thousand words. That's okay, the saying. It's the opposite. A word cannot be compensated by a thousand pictures. Because God is not our God, is not the God of an image. The other God's word. Our God is a God of word. He reveals himself to us through words, not through images. So basically if you take it more technically and you will search the problem a little bit, you will see that the mental processes that are triggered in the brain by the word, just one word, are a thousand times more complex than those areas activated in the brain that is the simplest area of the brain here okay. somewhere by a thousand images. So the word values a thousand pictures. I think touching on that slightly as well as the projector, I've taken a number of college classes and when the instructor teaches exclusively with the projector, go brain dead. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be able to impact your students the best, projectors in limited use could be an aid, but in limited use. Do you also go brain dead if the instructor teaches only with words? 
I preferred it that way. Okay. Actually, this, Especially is when they broke. this is one good reason for which I appreciate the CLE curriculum. Mm -hmm. It does contain many powerful colors and vivid pictures and all this stuff. It relies more on words and mm -hmm. I teach since 15 years ago and I've seen the things changing in my country. Mm -hmm. uh, 15 years ago, uh, the, the book, the school books were different, more like CLE back then. Mm -hmm. And now they are full of colors and mm -hmm. images. But guess what? The children are maybe in their 70 to 75% mm -hmm. compared to those. Mm -hmm. But still, by the Bible, I, this is just speculation if you take it by science, mm -hmm. by the Bible, mm -hmm. if you go there and look in the Bible, God will never present to himself to us through image. Never. There is one who will present himself through image in Revelation 13, if you look well. But God, our God, my, my personal God is a God of word, a God of meaning, of senses, of understanding, of revelation through the Holy Spirit in the word. This is how I see mm -hmm. it. That's, that is, could be another secondary aspect about electronics mm -hmm. in the brain, like mm -hmm. the effect that One thing is to watch a video game and to be stimulated here in the brain mm -hmm. in a very, <laughs> you know, dizzy way. Mm -hmm. And another way, another thing is to read your Bible in your smartphone. Yeah, so. Maybe part of this is a understanding of the term of pictures worth a thousand words. I think about Jesus in his parables, he drew pictures for people to simulate. He talked about the sower going out to sow and seed falling on hard path, on good soil, on stony ground, on um, what was he doing? He, it was with words, but mm -hmm. he was drawing pictures. Mm -hmm. And there is where I think Howard's statement comes into play. There are some things that I could explain and explain and explain in the construction world, for example. But if I take a little time and sketch it out on paper, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. So just to bring clarity to the statements, right. I think we're talking maybe about two different things. A little bit. Okay, thank you. Any more strengths that you think that you're thinking of in connection with what was shared or something else? Communication. Communication. That is a big one. And one thing that is lasting is recording. Mm-hmm. I've listened to a lot of recordings and I've heard WS back last year. I think about it what mm -hmm. I'm glad you talked to us, but right. recordings are gonna go on. Right. That's very true. It is mind-boggling to think about the uh, the tremendous distances that man has been able to figure, or has been able to communicate with things that they have sent into the outer space. Electronics are our friend when it comes to word processing. Word processing. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah definitely can type faster than we can write. Good, more. Just a little statistic I want to share with you. Voyager 2 is a spacecraft that was sent out a long time ago, 30 years, some years ago, I think, to explore some of the planets. And it is now outside of... Um, the terms are slipping my mind. 
Um, it's, it's way out there. <laughs> I'll just say it that way. On February 5, 2019, uh, Voyager 2 was at a distance of 120 astronomical units from the sun, which that's such a big number that I can't comprehend it, but it would be like, well, I'll just write it. many kilometers from the sun and it says according to what I read Voyager 2 is expected to continue transmitting weak radio messages until at least the mid 2020s which was 48 years after it was launched and I just share that because we know this already but the electronics that men have made are amazing they have tremendous capabilities Okay, a couple things that I thought of with this thing of strengths is we're able to communicate with people from a distance. That was already shared. We are able to have faster communication, and we're able to have portable communication, and I mean by that that we can carry around in our pocket something that was able to do things that longer ago would never have been imagined. What's the danger in communicating? Well, we already heard what the danger is in communicating from a distance. The danger there, the main danger I see is that you will lose contact with the people close to you. It's impossible to maintain all your relationships, the ones with people far away and the ones with people near. What's the danger of fast communication? Fast instruction. Fast what? Estrangement. Can you explain that? You communicate fast, the relations become more superficial. Yes, definitely. The relationships become more superficial. Actually, the point where there are not relations anymore, mm -hmm. just, just holograms. Uh -huh. What used to be in the past is social relations. And I will share this. From just in studying for this exact workshop, I was almost embarrassed how difficult it was for me to sit down, <coughs> even for a half an hour, and focus on this without other things getting my attention. Try it sometime. <laughs> or for an hour. Like the the discipline of, of applying ourselves to something for an extended period of time is being lost. You don't have to look around very far to see that. One thing about fast communication that <coughs> has sometimes happened to me is it breeds an impatience. Mm -hmm. Because all, uh, some of these, uh, I think actually a fair amount of these ways you communicate on your cell phone, you can tell whether your friend has looked at your message or not. Mm -hmm. And if they've looked at it but haven't responded, you become impatient. Mm -hmm. and say, well, why aren't they sending anything mm -hmm. back to me? Especially if you ask them a question. Mm -hmm. And you want it now. Yep. And that's, and that's kind of, I think about that God. Instant gratification, yes. God's will is never really revealed. Mm -hmm. Right. Because his will is often revealed slowly. Good. Okay, let's move in now to talk a little bit about electronics connection with us and with our students. We will get to talking about how we use them in the classroom. Remember, we still have this question, what was the main, how did you ask that? What was the purpose of electronics? Why were they created? Why were they invented? Okay. So in Hebrews, um, Paul writes, whoever wrote Hebrews, Right, so obey them that have the rule over you, for they watch for your souls. We talked about that concept already, how we are 
responsible for our students in a way, in a sense. Jesus also said that anyone who offends one of these little ones, it's better for him if a millstone gets cast around his, tied around his neck and he's cast into the sea. That's a not a very fun picture, really. The point is, it's very important how we relate to our students because we are responsible for them in a sense. Now, how many of you teach students who bring phones to school? Are there any of you? Okay, there's several. Smartphones or phones? Just any phone. A cellular phone. Well, a phone is a phone, a smartphone is a smartphone. Right. A smartphone or a flip a phone. Smartphone wireless. Mm -hmm. How many of you teach in a school where the upper grade classroom has computers, has access to computers for various subjects? Okay. How many of you, as teachers, always take your phone with you to school? I'm not trying to get too personal here, but... How many of you text often during the school day? Ooh, now I'm asking really personal questions. <laughs> How many of you would say you text sometimes? Well, if you have a phone, it's like me. It's harder to text. If you have a smartphone, it's easier. Oh, it doesn't matter. I, say, I have a keyboard, right? <laughs> right. Key phone. Oh, people will That's text whether they have a smartphone or a phone. Gym, right? Yeah. And okay. then for texting. Okay. If you have a smartphone, it's very handful. Right. It's just going on, on texting. Yeah. Okay. Now, just quickly, what would you say is an appropriate age for a child to get a phone? Do you have a, just give me an age. To get a phone to own it? Yeah. For their own. Or to use it. No, to have one that they take with them. Sixteen, 16 when they have a job. Once they're responsible. Once they're responsible enough. There's not a right answer to this. I'm just asking. I want to get your feedback. Okay. Thank you. I don't need to tell you that that uh, in the world around us, the young people have phones. They have electronics, and you don't have to look very far to see that. Always on their electronics. And the young people are more comfortable navigating the electronics than the older people are because they're so much more familiar with it. In a way, we have been protected from that, some, by our teaching on various things, the Anabaptists, but not completely. I'm quite certain that if I asked you, you could think of somebody in your church maybe or in another church you know of that would fit that bill of the person who's always on their phone, always. Probably you could think of someone. You've heard the statistics. There's statistics such as teens spend an average of nine hours a day online. The average American spends 24 hours a week online. Um, people spend around four hours a day on their electronic devices. Americans check their phones on average e once every 12 minutes. Well, these are. I will give another statistic. That's okay. all. 2012. Okay. 2012. It's not relevant for my country, but mm -hmm. for the U.S. Listen, report. If you heard about it, they they issued this report every four years. Okay. In 2012, they monitored the basically every activity of Americans mm -hmm. online. In July 2012. The American people spend only for social networking 2,230,000 uh, years. 
are staggering especially <coughs> when you think of how close that might come to us even though we don't like to admit it so a couple things make sure you're aware of whether or not your students are bringing electronics to school you should know if they have a phone in their possession that they're bringing or whatever an mp3 player or anything like that make sure you know you as a teacher should limit severely your time on your phone during school hours is my personal feeling. Um, it should be a rare thing for your students to see you talking on the phone or texting during school hours. But we know that there are times when the parent wants to contact you or the school board or something. It's, that's legitimate. Make sure if you have computers at school that they are set up in a way that only what's needed can be done on them such as if it's for typing make sure they only can access typing I don't know how to set a computer up like that but there are people that do to where it can be completely blocked the only thing you can access is one or two things don't be afraid to talk about it with your students my experience and my well my, maybe just my personality but I prefer discussion about it and everybody being open and talking about it so it's not a so it's not something where there's a lot of unclear things. And and uh, talk to the school board and the parents about it. They want to know. They want to know what's going on. Especially if it's something that there hasn't been anything really established at your school. If you don't have any policy, um, use the school board and the parents as a tool for that to help you get something set up. Okay, thoughts from you. What do you have simmering under the surface that you uh, are wanting to say? So I have a question yes. regarding the whole computer situation. Okay. Um, coming from somebody in the school who we have computers that there's ways around everything. Right. And there's games that you can get on the computer mm -hmm. and put on the computer mm -hmm. and so forth. Um, and I guess from my personal experience, I'm tell me if I'm way off the rocker is is communication with the student and clear guidelines of what is expected while they're in computer time rather than trying to physically block everything on the computer a better idea. So you're saying is it okay. So it's about is the it better you're asking? It's rather about the content and not using the computer? No, so you, you talk about for sure having everything blocked right. but 
just from my experience, we had computers and we had typing options mm -hmm. on there, and then they could get to their documents. Mm -hmm. And I mean, if they would have wanted to play uh, solitaire or something, it right. was on the computer. Right. But they had clear expectations right. that when they went to the computer, this is what was expected. Right. I think the easy solution to handle that is just have direct observation. Yes. Uh, in Romania, more recently, there is. Uh, I told this in uh, another session before. More recently, there are a number of scientists who are coming from the hardcore of the, the Orthodox Church, very well trained men teaching in Greece in uh, universities. And they are really know, knowing what they are saying. And uh, they are talking about the fact that it's not a matter of time. The time or the content that the children are accessing when they go online. Simply the fact that they are attached with their eyes and brains to the screen affects the mental processes and transforms and young ages transforms the brain patterns in in a way that will not be changed all their life. So basically if you take it that's why I asked why were they invented. Mm -hmm. If you take it technically, mm -hmm. no matter how much time you spend on them, no matter how uh, mild is the content, mm -hmm. the simply attachment, mm -hmm. simply the attachment of the young brain to a screen mm -hmm. brings a different development. Mm -hmm. That is not natural. Mm -hmm. This is what they realize. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are very radical about it, and I actually obey them. Uh, they say up to five years, up to seven years, excuse me, there should be not, no contact with the screen I see. at all. Up to seven, seven years. years. Hmm. Or we just keep it like, like five minutes per day, but I just keep it with my daughter five minutes per mm -hmm. week. Mm -hmm. He knows that mon she knows that Monday I offer her like five minutes or because right. it's quite difficult to say zero. Mm -hmm. and anyway, it should be close to zero. This is because they talk about mental processes, about the neural patterns, mm -hmm. and about the areas of the brain activated. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing, the areas of the brain that are not activated anymore right. in the presence, mm -hmm. presence of... And that is, guess what? The social behavior here, mm -hmm. the frontal mm -hmm. lobe. So things are proved. If yeah, you read I know. If you, if you read the science in the U.S., many of the studies mm -hmm. that come from the U.S., actually most of them, things are proved that they are not beneficial, mm -hmm. these devices for children. Yeah. I think we all know that, at least to one degree or another, and we're hearing here more about how it does affect us. Uh, kind of a self-answered opinion on what, <coughs> what Chad asked about the computer being blocked down you know, we as humans are, we're naturally carnal, and it's, it's, there's, there's nothing wrong with teaching your students to be trustworthy <coughs> and saying, I'm going to trust you to do on that computer what, only what I tell you to do. <coughs> but guardrails never hurt. Mm -hmm. Guardrails never hurt. Yeah. So I, to answer your question, Chad, I don't think you're ever going to hurt the process by stripping the computer down. 
good. Okay, we don't have a lot of time left, and I do want to talk yet a little bit about how this will apply to us this coming school year. Um, I'm not going to take the time to read them, but Proverbs is packed with passages about wisdom and seeking the Lord, trusting the Lord, seeking wisdom. Wisdom is a, the principal thing, therefore get wisdom. Just read it. I only started reading into Proverbs and I found several passages that blessed me about wisdom. And But with that, I can hear somebody stand up and talk about wisdom and they say, you got to get wisdom. And I'm like, what does that mean for me? What am I supposed to do in the situation where, whatever, you fill in the blank. Am I supposed to allow computers in the classroom? Am I supposed to allow my students to bring a phone to school? Should we get tablets? Should we use... The list could go on. So, uh, let's see here. We know that God promises wisdom. He says in James, if you need to ask. And so I want to just emphasize the first thing we need to do in these scenarios is to pray a lot. Maybe fast if you feel the God leading you to do that. But pray a lot, read the Bible a lot. Those will help. Even though it can feel kind of abstract, at least to me. It's like, the Bible doesn't talk about a cell phone, but the Bible talks about a lot of things that apply to cell phones. Okay. I'm just going to ask it this way. Well, I'm not sure how I'm going to ask it. I want to hear thoughts from you on what electronics you feel are appropriate to use as a tool in a classroom. Maybe just a little background on that because I... I personally don't use very many in my classroom. I use my computer, but I don't use it during class much, hardly ever. But I know of people who use overhead projectors. Austin showed me how when he was teaching algebra, he could project a coordinate plane on the chalkboard or the whiteboard, and then he had an example right there that he could use. Um, I just recently talked with a teacher that said he likes to pre uh, prepare PowerPoint presentations to show his students as a way of as a way of uh, getting them interested in things. So I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think are appropriate things to use in the classroom as electronics are concerned? For us, you know, we don't use them at all. Okay. It's just simply the blackboard and the uh, school. Okay. That's it. All right. And uh, we have regular results with them. You what? Academically, <laughs> they go yeah. pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, thank you. Language study can be a real Language problem. study, okay. Still, though, they go in the office, yes, you're right, they go in the office for typing. Okay. And some of them, they went for Rosetta Stone, or how you call it. Is it yeah. on computers? Yeah, but the computer is in, in the office, right. so they spend one hour. Okay. Mm -hmm. Good. I guess maybe this is more of a question or something inappropriate in the classroom, but I, I know the last year I taught I had students starting to use those scratch pads okay. um, that are, you know, and then that's what they use for their scratch mm -hmm. paper. Um, just, you know, can write on if you're familiar with them at all, you can just yeah. write on them like it's just a black surface that comes out. And then they can clear it with the push of a button, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's maybe thoughts, like... You're wondering if that's a good idea. There's going to be as many opinions on that as there are people in the room, but 
What do you guys, what do you think? I want to hear more. It's too easy to pass notes to erase. Okay. But it's pretty easy to pass notes with paper, too, if you want. Yeah, you can get rid of them. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. You're right about that. <laughs> I teach one boy a way for the rest of the world. It's hard to learn part. So the helpful thing is I'm videoing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. But that would be outside of school hours, right? Use during school? Okay. All right. You know, there's also, this is one thing I found as a time saver, but for checking, it can be very, very, it can save time and voice box use on your part if the student can look up and see the answer as opposed to you reading it five times because they're hearing mm -hmm. it four times. Mm-hmm. Good. More? Okay. Do you have computers at school designated for that, for research? They have one in the house. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. The creative writing improved. Okay. Yeah. Helpful for people with some kind of a handicap or if it's just a temporary handicap. What did you say? Chromecast. Okay. Um, can you like project something up on the screen uh -huh. you're working on, or I could use it too if I was if I was making a drawing or something for a for a project. I could actually do the drawing beforehand, uh -huh. and then and then talk about projected. Okay.
mainly just the screen time, even mm-hmm. if it's something that I think is going to take less time. Sometimes it does, but okay, good. Thank you. I'm going to just throw this in at the end. Um, as I said before, we can't ignore electronics. They're around us, and we will be affected by them in some way or another. And uh, someone who is going to learn how to use electronics in some way must be educated in them. They must learn how to use them. And so they're going to have to use electronics. And I don't, I'm not, I'm just sharing this as an observation that if we're going to have conservative Anabaptist people who are electronic savvy, or however you want to say it, they will have to use them. Is that good? Is that bad? That's, I'll let you discuss that after we dismiss from class. But um, we can't ignore them. We didn't talk about why they're invented. <laughs> People will talk about it after we dismiss, I'm sure. May God give you wisdom as you seek him in this. Um, trust him. How many hearts does an octopus have? You were listening to Seth's talk the other day. He did say that. What? Yeah. <laughs> and who was the first American in space? What? Alan Shepard. Thank you. You are dismissed.